on the occasion of this Hakomas Matseva for our revered father-in-law, Rav Emanuel Gettinger, this Sunday, February the 1st of 2016. <clears throat> Yom Rishon, the Shabbos Pashas Mishpotim, we gather here today for the erection of the gravestone. There is no biblical or rabbinic requirement to erect a gravestone. No such ceremony is brought anywhere in Shulchan Aruch. The rituals commonly followed at the Hakamas Matzev are not pursuant to any biblical or rabbinic instruction. They are, as so many Jewish funerary behaviors, a minhag, or more precisely, a hanhaga. A minhag implies a behavior that was sanctioned by Chazal. A hanhaga means that is, it is accepted behavior. In the Igris Moshe, Rav Moshe Feinstein brings that the Rambam in Hilchas Evel, chapter 4, Paskins like Rav Shimon ben Gamaliel from the Yushalmi in Shkolim 2.5, that one does not build matzevas for tzaddikim because their Torah and their influence on the world and on their students are their very matzevas. Matzevas Rochel, he says, was a unique divine decree. The minog that developed later to build matzevas for tzaddikim is, he says, primarily for the benefit of those who wish to come there to say prayers. Rav Tendler, his son-in-law, reports that Rav Moshe said that in his area there was no ceremony at all. The shamas would just go and put up a matzeva. Now, however, erecting gravestones has become universal. Under these circumstances, it is the opinion that not to make a matzeva would imply indifference or even disrespect. So now the mitzvah of honoring one's parents obligates children to erect a matzeva. <clears throat> Common behaviors generate their own legal status. Habits become minhagim, and minhagim then become dinim deoraisa. Another illustration of this in working in halacha, the Taz in Orachaim 8.4 says that although wearing a yarmulke was once only required of tzaddikim and chassidim, because now all religious Jews wear yarmulkes, to not wear one would be an isadiraisa of following chukas ha'amim. Another example is the Chassam Sofer's insistence in response to the reform movement that davening from the bima instead of from the omad in, near the Oran HaKodesh is an isadiraisa. Even so, there's no real formal or standard protocol for the Hakamas Matseva. So we, the children here today, have gathered to honor the memory of the Nifta, our beloved father, uncle, Shver, great-uncle, and Rav. You know, you can see our home from this vantage point over there across the valley in Ramot Bet. My father-in-law used to sit outside the library marveling at the flora and fauna of the valley. He would see a deer and birds migrating. And it was 
in that place that much of the work done for his Sefer Menach Yomer was written. What does a Matseva symbolize? While alive, a person develops and changes and interacts with the world. But once his life is finished, he no longer grows. He is what he has achieved in life, and that will remain forever. <clears throat> a stone symbolizes permanence and immutability. It no longer grows and it no longer changes. But in truth, every man leaves behind him a legacy among the living. That legacy, like the rings in a pond, spreads centrifugally to influence all the world he has left behind. Certainly those that were lucky enough to know Abba and love him carry that legacy forward. And in a sense, the Niftar continues to walk in the world through his family, Talmidim and friends. To show that we acknowledge our duty to carry forward the work and beliefs of this person, we place a stone on the Matseva. True, a Matseva is inert and no longer grows. But we allow this person to continue to grow and to influence our lives. So we place little stones on the Matseva. Stones don't grow. But the living add stones to the Matseva because this stone continues to grow through our memories and the good works we are inspired by the Nifta to do. The Svorno in Pasha's Emo, Vayikra 23.36, <clears throat> points out that Atzeres is used in the Torah only in regard to two Yomim Tovim, Shmini Atzeres, and later in Pasha's Re'eh, Devorim 16.8, the last day of Pesach. It is only in Chazal that we find that Shvuas is called Atzeres. In the Torah there are only two uses, two yomim tovim, that are applied to this term. One of the meanings of atzeres is gathering to recognize the kedusha of the moment. The atzeres of Sukkot is one in which we gather to appreciate the simcha and kedusha of all the yomim tovim. What is the atzeres, however, <coughs> behind Pesach? In Parshas Re'eh, the Sforno says a remarkable thing. Why is the last day of Pesach also bimlacha? The last day of Sukkot is not. We can work on Cholomoed Sukkot. So why is Pesach different? The answer, we would all say, is that the last day of Pesach commemorates the great miracle of Kriyas Yamsuf, the splitting of the Reed Sea. But comes along the Sforno and says a new pshat. He says that the Atzeres of Pesach doesn't commemorate the miracle of Kriyas Yamsuf. It commemorates the fact that Moshe and Bnei Israel gathered to say Shira for Kriyas Yamsuf. The Isra Malach of the last day of Pesach, its identity as a unique Yontif, was created when Hashem saw the glory and joy of Klal Yisrael, when they experienced the Ness. It was that joy, the Simcha Shel Mitzvah of all of Klal Yisrael, that elevates the last day of Pesach annually, above other commemorations of Nisim and Galuas. It was the Atzeres that Klal Yisrael spontaneously did that the Torah commemorates by making it a Yontav. Shmini Atzeres, then, is an Atzeres that Hashem gave to Klal Yisrael. The last day of Pesach is an Atzeres that Klal Yisrael gave to Hashem.
In Parsha Shmini, when Aaron was <coughs> nischanech and began to do the avoda, he blessed the people. Rashi comments that his vayavorech es ha'am meant that he actually said birkas kohanim for the first time. The Ramban asks, birkas kohanim? That wasn't given until Pasha's Nosso long afterwards. How could he have done birkas kohanim? There was no birkas kohanim per se at that time. Rav Tzvi Pesach Frank in his Har Tzvi Ala Torah answers that Aaron invented Birkas Kohanim. Aaron was inspired by his Ruchnius-like joy that he was able to do the Avodah on behalf of Klal Yisrael and composed Birkas Kohanim. It was later that Hashem Hiskim Al Yodo he agreed and made Birkas Kohanim a Chelek of Torah. This is why we say it was Aaron that did the Memra that said it first. The Simcha Shel Mitzvah was precious to Hashem. It was Choviv. And it was that Chavivus that made it worthy to become a Chelek of the Torah. Thus, according to Rutzvi Pesach Frank, we see both the Sforno and Rav Frank expressing the same insight that both Oz Yoshia Moshe and Birkas Kohanim were spontaneous expressions of Simcha and Chavivus that came from the closeness of Kal Yisrael to the Shechina and the opportunity of Aaron to serve Kal Yisrael. My revered father-in-law, Abba, represented the same spontaneous Chavivus inventiveness in all areas of his life. His learning, his chidushe Torah, his approach to Hoira, all represented a unique freshness, like Aaron HaKohen's spontaneity, which we here now are sure Hashem Hiskim al Yoto. This last year has been so difficult for us, for Ima and the family. The loss is felt even more here as we stand in front of these words inscribed on the Matzeva, written with such care and much revision in an effort to describe and memorialize his life and his legacy. Many times during the year, his absence at our Shabbos and Yontov table was felt painfully, tearing into our Simchas Yontov and Simchas Shabbos. But I find myself more and more responding to questions that he might have been asked, with his voice ringing in my head. It is as if intuitively his wisdom, his sageness lives on, and I am sure for many others too. We miss him so much. He was larger than life, larger than us all. <laughs>